So Peter, are you ready to talk about the famous British comedy in the loop? You bitch. <laughs> Welcome to To The Table, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Kyle Lira, and today we have a double feature for you guys, as per usual. We have a British comedy in the loop for you that I recommended to Peter, and then Peter recommended to me the Robert Rodriguez cult classic, El Mariachi. So, welcome to the To The Table, where we talk uh, movies and shit. Yeah. That is what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and um, nothing else. Um, it is a it is a program where we talk about uh, about film and we exchange a film to one another. We literally bring a a, a film to the table and uh, we discuss the movies that we recommend to each other. Uh, as we said before, it is in the loop and. We did uh, El Mariachi, two starkly different films from each other. Very different, yes. Uh, as per usual, I'm going to give Peter the floor on In the Loop. I recommended this movie to him because I I thought the movie was hilarious. And I think that it comes it comes from uh, the mind of Armando Inucci, who... Uh, who uh, kind of kick-started a TV show called Veep. So, uh, hey, there, there's there's little uh, bits of political comedy, and you can clearly see that from uh, Veep and all that, and you get to see uh, a great performance from Mr. Peter Capaldi. Can, can we and, start right there? And Peter Capaldi is amazing. This is a, this is a movie based on a TV show called uh, To the Thick of It. Anyway... I'm not gonna uh, talk anymore. I'm gonna leave all the talking to you, Peter, because I can't wait to hear what you thought of In the Loop. Go. First of all, yeah, I'm I'm throwing this out there right now. Uh-huh. The only reason you saw this film was because of Peter Capaldi. No. Yes. No. What makes you think that, Peter? Because you don't give a shit about political... You still have not finished House of Cards. You still have not. If if they had cast Peter Capaldi as Frank Underwood, you would have seen that show twice over by now. That would have been glorious. No, it would not have (laughs) been. You saw a little bit of Peter Capaldi's acting chops and all that. So, tell me, what did you think of... In the loop. It was unbelievably British. <laughs> so British. I I thought it was going to give me an accent. Um, and it seems people really loved it, because I looked it up, it has like a 94, and it's like, this is an amazing comedy. I, I did like it. I, I do think that it was funny. I thought it was very, very well written. Mainly because the way they navigate all of the political bullshit, they do it really well. And what appears to be really realistically. Um, like I said, the biggest issue is maybe that I'm not British. Because a lot of the humor... Um, a lot of it was maybe too dry for me. Uh-huh. And then just a lot of the things they said, I was like, wait, what did they say? But then, boom, it would cut to the next thing. And I was like, so okay, it, what? So it was too quick for you, and it was too dry. Not too dry. I can deal with it dry, but it's just like a lot of the jokes, I maybe I just didn't get. And I'm like, maybe it's a cultural thing. Like, let's put it this way. I love The Office. The, the American version office. of The Office. I think it's amazing. I love it. It's totally but, funny. However. I tried watching the British version of The Office. Yeah. And I found it kind of boring. Like, I kind of got bored. Like, it was so dry. Like, unbelievably dry. And, like, it's the same thing where it's, like, they have these really thick accents. Well, and that, it's like, that's kind of the, that's kind of a, the gist of uh, British comedy. They're pretty much the pioneers of dry comedy. I mean, you look yeah. at you look at Monty Python and all that but stuff. But I can laugh at Monty Python. Like, there, I, I, I can laugh a lot at that. I, 
Edgar Wright, you know, his, his comedy films his, that are very British, too, um, I think are hilarious, and I think they're very well done. I, I just, much like, I think, American comedies go too far sometimes, I think English comedies can do the same and go too far. That being said, though, I don't think this was one of them. I think it was just more of a... A preferential uh, uh, thing. See, and that's that's the, the most difficult thing, the most difficult films, I think, to make are comedies. Because comedy is just so subjective. The things that make you laugh just mm-hmm. change by age, by region, by everything, really. And I think that's why you look at, like, classic comedies... There's not as many when you can compare it to any other genre because it's so difficult to create something that can keep people laughing, mm-hmm. you know, decades after it came out. You know, humor just changes. And it's kind of like the evolution of mm-hmm. humor, you know. But but I think that's, that's different when you compare it to something to a drama or horror or mm-hmm. romance, you know. Those those always, you know, love doesn't change much. The things that scare us don't change much. What we consider to be drama doesn't change much. Mm. But, I mean, those same aspects are still the things that you would find in, in like, something like the Bible, you know? But things that made people laugh during the time uh, that they wrote the Bible would, would just make no sense to us. We would just play, like... Okay, I guess, you know, it wouldn't make us laugh. So I guess my whole thing is, like, I there was quite a bit that I did find very funny. And, yes, here here you go, so you can go, it's on recording, make it your voice fan or whatever. Peter Capaldi did do a great job, and, and the best part, maybe, is because he had the most life into it with the movie, it's just him going off yeah. and saying the most horrible things he can <laughs> to people. And it's. I think it's just funny because they're in, they're in this office type. Lesson number one: I tell you to fuck off, and what do you do? Uh, I f off. Very good. You'll go far. Now fuck off. Yeah, like that. To me, that's that's absolutely hilarious. Like that's funny. Um, but it was just so deep into like the the political. Yeah, it, and, it, intrigue and of and it. It's quite. It's quite funny because uh, he's had three performances as as uh, different varieties of. Do- the term doctor he played uh he played the who doctor mm-hmm. in a uh, planet in a uh, world war z he was uh yeah he was in world war z um he was in world war z peter capaldi was in world war z where was he he's uh he's the guy who was in charge of that uh of that uh of that research facility that was him that was him Watch it again. Okay. That, and he's the WHO doctor, World Health Organization oh. doctor. So I'm like, okay, I see what you did there. And he, that was before he was doctor. Yeah, okay. that was 2011, and then he was announced as the doctor in 12, in 2012, 2013? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. And then, uh, and then he played uh, Doctor Who, <laughs> and then uh, now he plays a spin doctor named Malcolm Tucker. In what? In uh, in uh, in the loop, and uh, he's all he plays the same character in a TV show called. Uh, that, that's what uh, I was gonna ask. Of it. Is this is this like a continuation of that show? Does it have any connection to the show? because uh, it did feel like, it it felt like a like a television show, like oh, like a, these are characters I should know yeah. or something like that. Um, the only character that really uh, matters in mm-hmm. there is uh, Malcolm Tucker, and that is Peter Capaldi's character, and he he does, he's the same character as uh, as he is in the in the BBC con. Um, this is kind of like what happens like after everybody every one of his employees have left. <laughs> so left this his, so this movie takes place after the show. After the show, yeah, it does. Yeah, okay. but it could, but it still, uh, it still stands alone within its own contained yeah. uh, story and all that. You don't have to watch the show in order to in order to watch well, this. Yeah, it's kind of like I never watched the show. It's kind of like uh, stepping into a movie called The Office and it has Ricky Gervais in it, but it has completely different uh, employees in it. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind, it's kind of in that kind of concept. Um, what did you think of Lord Cutler Beckett? 
at his most dumbass in this. I I really like that actor, and I he was one of the ones that like every time he was on screen, it's like okay, like he's he's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he did a really great job. All all the actors did a really great job. Yeah, the late great James Gandolfini in there. I guess my thing is, um, I get I got a little confused as to the motivations for some of the people, mm-hmm. like Peter Capaldi's. I wasn't sure exactly what he wanted, and then I guess at the end it's like, oh, he wanted to go to war? And then, yeah, for a lot of characters, I wasn't sure. There there was some, like uh, Tony Soprano and the girl, uh, the, the woman, uh, I think was she a senator or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, they're obviously anti-war, and they're, they're trying to steer it away from that, and then they have the, their secret... Um, committee that they're trying to get into that's actually the war committee and then he accidentally set everything off because he said war is um war is, war is uh, unforeseeable uh, yeah and I was like okay I, I, I do think that's kind of funny like just this one little offhand comment just sort of spirals out of control, control and, and um much like the real world th- that was another one of my issues I was like this is this is like funny, but it's so tame compared to American politics. Like, because because I was having a conversation with this, and it wasn't about you know this movie, but it was like House of Cards. Like if House of Cards had introduced um, the Mooch um, from or the, the what's his name from Trump's cabinet, yeah, they would have every every review would be like this is ridiculous. They jumped the shark. This is fifth grade writing, but it's reality. <laughs> it's just so over the top and zany. R- reality is right now. To me, it's it. it I think it's so because oh, uh, in comparison to what's going on in yeah. there, it's not as ridiculous as what's going on in real life. Because there's obviously supposed to be a tinge of ridiculousness. Mm. Like uh, when what's her name came over and she left him a letter, and this made me laugh. It's like quit being a tit. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. What do you mean, quit being a tit? <laughs> and then his whole unforeseeable thing. Yeah. But then, like, we'll have certain political leaders say 50 million times worse things offhandedly. Yeah. And more ridiculous things. And it's just, like, sort of another day. So it's... I, it, this is another reason this presidency pisses me off because it's genuinely ruining, ruining comedy. It's ruining political comedy. Political comedy for me, it really is. Because I remember, I don't know if you ever saw it, um, the um, the campaign with um, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell. and uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, they were. They, that was the whole thing. They were trying to do ex- uh, politics, but to the extreme, uh-huh. the American version. And um, that film just seems so tame now. So tame. There's one thing that, like, we haven't gone to yet, but I just sort of feel like eventually we're going to hit there. What? What happened? Is um, Will Ferrell, in uh-huh. order to get back at Zach Galifianakis, he makes a sex tape with his wife and then releases it, and because of that, his poll numbers go up. <laughs> That's the only thing that is still, like so ridiculous it hasn't happened yet but come on uh, dude i'm surprised trump hasn't done that. I'm surprised that has not happened yet we still gotta get those golden shower tapes because his because no, uh because his uh what is his uh approval rating is like at like what 30 percent lower uh, 36 35 yeah i'm surprised he that he hasn't done that to boost up to some boost. nerves he's a real man's man <laughs> Take he what you can. He wasn't a porno. You, did you know that? Donald Trump? Yeah. He didn't... He wasn't doing the dirties, but he appeared in it. Like, I, I guess he was, like, some character. I think he was, like, a boss, too, in it. I, I, I didn't read enough of the article, but I did see, like, pictures of him. You, you know you know what's sad? That's your president. <laughs> That's a- <laughs> so, I, I think it's... So funny, like going from that that's reality yeah. and then his whole thing of like so war is unforeseeable and then that gets blown into a whole thing. Uh, and so 
And uh, so what you're saying is that uh, reality is pretty much what downplayed this it's, movie it's for you. It's hurting political comedies. It's it, even hurting just political entertainment in general. Like it's it's hard to watch House of Cards now um, because of what's going on. Yeah, right it's now. like oh, this is so tame. Um, but overall, I did like the characters, uh-huh. and it really did just feel sort of like a snapshot of it. Like because even as the, the credits roll, it's like. Things are just keeping on moving. You know, mm-hmm. this is just one thing. And obviously the whole story was about, like, going to war, I guess. During, was it Iraq? Yeah. Yeah, like, voting to go to the Iraq war. And it was, re- I, I, it was really interesting. And you could tell, um, politics-wise, they do their research, really, as to, you know... How it works. How it works. Who are the players. This is the first time that you you really see a British comedy mesh with uh, kind of American. uh, Oh, yeah, because Americans come into it too because of that. And that is funny. I like the whole thing. It's like they're all so damn young over there. Yeah, I like like how uh, he's like, uh, he goes up, Malcolm Tucker goes to the White House, right? And he talks to like uh, the the head of committee or something like that. And it's like this young kid that's probably our age and stuff like that. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, you're the head of committee. Yes. He's like, I'm sorry, but you look like you should still be getting your head stuffed down the fucking toilet <laughs> and stuff like that. He's like, uh, give, give me a, give me a bottle, baby bottle for this uh, kid. Just like little stuff like that. And, um, and then how they went on with that. And I like the scene. My favorite scene of that whole thing was, uh, the, the Senator, the female Senator from, uh, in, uh, in Britain was talking to him on the phone and he was, he just left the white house all pissed. Yeah. And then he was like, uh, Malcolm, are, don't you like how I'm telling you what's happening from where you are? And he's yeah. like, let me tell you something, you hoity toity. And then, uh, and then a tourist is like, Hey, watch your language. Kiss my sweaty balls. You fat fuck. It's just like little stuff like that. It's amazing. That that old British charm. <laughs> no, um, I, I to me overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the humor was on point. I thought it was incredibly well written. Just you know, infuse humor and not do it in a ridiculous way, but a very believable way uh-huh. into these very real situations. Um, the only thing that kept me from being like, oh yeah, this is a great comedy and I love it, is I think that comedy barrier oh like, between I, I, American comedy and a, and a British comedy which is weird because I always felt I was over that but I maybe maybe I'm not apparently not because because literally when we were on a messenger Facebook messenger and we yeah. were we were going back and forth uh, you sent a snapshot of uh, just the <laughs> just the logo BBC in front of the movie and you were like Kyle you fuck <laughs> because you knew what you were doing and then uh, right when you told me you you wanted me to see that movie i was like oh it's british and you're and playing all stupid oh oh why do you think it's british <laughs> and then you, and zoom, literally- you zoomed in on Peter capaldi's face it was literally produced by the bbc you can't get more british style <laughs> that's why i was like damn it <laughs> You would, and the reason I'm like this is because Kyle is the most British man ever to not be British. I think if he could give his left leg to be British, he would be. His fa- your favorite things are Doctor Who, um, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Um, what's his name? That spy. Oh, James Bond. James Bond. That's my favorite action franchise. The Queen. Oh, all hail the queen, man! You, you'll watch the you, this the is crown. The, you'll the watch crown. the crown. That's the what crown. It is. That's an amazing TV show. You'll watch the crown, but he won't see House of Cards. Fuck House of Cards! Exactly. <laughs> right now, there are two giant Doctor uh, Who and Harry Potter posters, so I am surrounded. I have one Harry Potter poster, yeah. but I also have a Harry Potter blanket. That is true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I am. Kyle is just bleeding. Great Britain, yeah, and, and so, also I have a I have a leading man who is a who is British who's is playing British. an actor. To be fair, who's all playing I, an American. I assume all actors are British until proven not, uh, not guilty. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, don't you like say and like every time we 
mention it. You're like, uh, Britons are taking our jobs. The Brits. See, that's why I think they accuse the Mexicans of taking jobs. It's the Brits. It's because they're better actors. It's I'm the sorry. Brits. They're better trained. They're better, you know, they better harness the... They they harness their craft uh, early enough Such so we bias. Could, so we can put Such them in. bias. Americans have this unorthodox way of uh, of acting, and uh, if you want to get them, if if you want to get the ball rolling right away, this is the reason why uh, Han Solo, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, he's an American, and he's having all these uh, he's having all these acting problems or have to have them acting. But you if know, if you are listening to this, I I suggest you impose. A working ban on all British actors coming to this country. Oh, dude, you're gonna lose half of Hollywood. You're gonna lose half of American jobs. (laughs) You're gonna lose half of Hollywood. American acting jobs. You know what? Maybe that's a good thing because then all these uh, all these shitty movies are gonna are gonna stop and they're gonna like you know what? We need to refocus our work because we are limited on actors. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's a good is, thing. I'll, I'll be for that if, if for that case. But in that case, no. Keep all the Britons in. Hashtag ban Peter Capaldi. <laughs> no, don't you fucking dare. He's a treasure, sir. He is a Brit. He's a treasure. He's taking no, our he's jobs. A, he, he's Scottish. That's oh, that's thing. right. Oh, that's a, there was actually a good joke in the movie where um, one of the Americans, uh, yeah. I, it was a senator, he called him a Brit. And he's Brit. like, don't fucking call me Brit. Don't Brit. ever call me yeah, British. British and, and then <laughs> he was just confused, like, what did I say wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's, that's American. We don't know the, sorry. We don't know the difference. We don't know the difference. Maybe he's like, I know the difference. Yeah, I could, you're British. I know, I know what, I know the difference between an Irish, I know the difference between a Scottish, uh, I know the difference between a, uh, a British, I know, I know, I know all the different, I know the difference between American and everyone else. Look at, look at, okay, an American trying to play a Brit. Look at, look what happens. What you happened? have Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke is a treasure. <laughs> Worst Cockney accent. It's not our fault that they have accents. <laughs> well, well, if, if Americans could portray, if uh, British could play uh, Americans great, then what's the excuse for Americans then? Because... We we speak right. <laughs> we speak of the good. We speak of the good way. What, what'd you call Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad? <laughs> Are we supposed to be talking about a movie? Yeah, in the loop. In the loop. Uh, no, um... I I think, overall, to me... Yeah. All, all, the, all the acting was really well done, and they had... And they did have really good... Both British and American actors... Mm-hmm. Um, like James Gandolfini, you had uh, you had the girl from My Girl. Yeah, that was her. Yeah. I, know, I was like, she looks so familiar, and then I googled it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's her. She's been in other things too. She's in Veep. Is, oh, is that she yeah, in Veep too? She's in okay. Veep and all that stuff. Do you watch Veep? No, I've, I saw a little bit of it. I, you know what? Maybe it's it, maybe it's I, you know what I think it is. Uh-huh. I think maybe it's this writer or this creator's sense of humor. Because Veep, I think, is funny. But it's also very dry. Very dry. It's very subdued. Yeah. It's like little funny things here and there, but overall, it's it's like I like really ridiculous, stupid shit. <laughs> like that's why Arrested Development is like my favorite show of all time because <laughs> it's just so over the top and it's just it I love was. it. Um, but know, no, but yeah, Veep, you know, my Veep fa- is really that way too. You know, my family, you know, they're, they're in some sort of stasis, you know, an Arrested Development. That's the name of the show. <laughs> no, Watch Arrested Development, guys. That's the bottom line of this. <laughs> um, all the moving characters were done really well. I, I maybe I'd have to see it again to fully understand everyone's. But did um, you know that a husband, a husband and a wife can't be uh, uh, charged for the same, same crime? <laughs> um, anyway, go on with what you're saying. No, I, I think I would have to see it uh, maybe another time to fully understand what everyone's goal is. Yeah, because some some I did, some people I didn't realize until the end. Like, um, what's his name? Peter Capaldi. Malcolm Tucker. Malcolm Tucker. I didn't realize what he was trying to do until the end when he, like... A dance mix on YouTube. <laughs> he got rid of the the arguments against the war, and he just kept the ones for because he wanted... I guess he wanted the war. And then... But I like the way... Very um, political, I guess. Um, the way he got rid of... What's his name? Bucket. 
Beckett. Yeah. By just saying, oh, the, the wall fell down. You're fired. In reality, it was just to keep him quiet and not to start this whole thing because if they quit, then it c- creates this whole political uproar. The thing is, is that he did not want to start a war. Yeah. Um, uh, but the thing is, is that uh, Beckett kept on fucking up. Yeah, he so, kept messing up. So he was like, you know what, let's just shift course. Let's get this guy fired. Mm-hmm. And he won. He was, And that's why I, I love this scene when he's like talking to Beckett and he was like, I admire you. I admire you so much. <laughs> and uh, I love how, like, uh, like just little bits, like, there's this moment where he was talking to, like, the committee. He was like, White Stripes, get out of here. And then Beckett was going to leave. He's like, no, 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 no. There's only three. And the, there's only two in the White Stripes. You yeah. Know? And uh, just, like, little bits of that. You know, it's, I thought it was very clever. I, I, I I'm, It was very cleverly written. I'm very bipartisan because I love... Bipartisan. I, I, no, I I'm very biased. Part, bi- partisan bias, yes. Uh, I, I, I'm, I just love British stuff and uh, comedies and all that stuff. I love Edgar Wright's uh, British movies. But see, I love those too. But these are a little just just a tad bit too much. My favorite television program is Doctor Who. <laughs> and I get the humor in that one too. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's me or it's, it's there's it's, <laughs> I don't think it is though. I don't think it's me. I don't think it's me. I I think Well, it's 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, so clearly you're wrong. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. No, but That's I, not a jab at anything. I don't think it's so much the British humor. I think it's just the type of humor of the writer because he did make the American version of Veep and yeah. Everyone, Americans love it. They do. It wins all kinds of awards. Um, what's his name? Our friend Alexis. Yeah. He loves Veep. Yeah, he, he's obsessed with Veep. Yeah. And um, and I think me and him are kind of in the same boat. It has nothing to do with the political landscape of Veep, though. Yeah, it might actually, too. But for me, I, I'm the same way I see Veep is the same way I sort of see this, where it's like, it's definitely funny, great performances. Yeah. But it's maybe a little bit too subdued for me. Just a little bit. But um, overall, it is a great movie, I, I think. There, there. Are you happy? It is a great film. We have it on. Uh, we have it on tape. You have it on tape. Me. There you go. All right. So, uh, Peter. Yes. Why did you have me watch El Mariachi? Because um, I realized that, unbeknownst to me. I guess subconsciously I'd be giving you a lot of like horror movies or like mm-hmm. messed up movies. So I'm like, let me change it up just slightly. Um, and I really like and this. this is I kind really of love so, this movie. This is kind of messed up too. It's messed up. It's not horror. It's, it's action. Um, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's um, I I really love sort of like the Evil Dead, which is the last one I gave you. This whole thing of uh, an, an up and coming director. You know, suppose the urban the urban legend. He spent seven thousand dollars to to put together and make this film, and you know just all the tricks and ways he did to to make this. Like film. he sold like blood plasma on yeah. to to get the movie running, and um, the f- the fact that not only that he such a a young guy with not a lot of money was able to put together this film, but the fact that the film was so well made. Mm-hmm. And it was so well made that, you know, an American distributor, distributor bought it, cleaned it up, and released it to, to, to U.S. audience. And it got, you know, got really big, and it really kick-started his whole career. And um, I love movies like that. To me, whenever I think of filmmaking, I think of stories like that. Um and I also think it's just a really great movie. I really enjoy it. Um, uh, it's low budgetness and all, so that's why I uh, gave it to you to watch. Uh, where do I begin with this film? Where do I the begin? begin. <laughs> no, we'll go before the beginning. Um, I liked it. <laughs> you liked it? 
I liked it. It was a, it was a very entertaining film. Um, the opening, I thought it was going to be the the guy with the mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess his name is Azul or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was going to be uh, following him and his story, but then it cut to another guy, another guy who's kind of benevolent, somebody who's like kind of like an outcast in the story. But uh, but he just kind of was kind of thrusted into this, and he's like, uh, uh, as soon as it seems like as soon as I hit this town, you know, my luck began to turn in the most horrible way, and then it did, and then uh, he meets this girl, and then uh, and then he's like, you know what, maybe it's not so bad, but then it turns out it was that bad, and uh, he has this remarkable talent at. Uh, you know, playing the guitar and all that mariachi. stuff. And mariachi. All I want to do is just be, you know, you know I was <laughs> blissfully surprised that this entire movie was in Spanish. Yeah. Well, it was it was supposed to be uh, a Mexican film. It was supposed to be released, I think, only in Mexico. But mm-hmm. that's when an, uh, an American film distributed you. I can't remember which one did. Probably if you look at the box over there. Probably say. Miramax. He I think a, yeah, I think it was a, Miramax. He has a history with Miramax. And uh, then it got a whole and then following he, uh, in then the then US. Then he made the American. He he made a uh, the American he, version. I he, guess he he made a uh, Desperado, and I I was also thrown off uh, because uh, uh, Desperado. Uh, El, El, El Mariachi is played uh, El. by, by, uh, by uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas versus the other guy. And I was like, uh, I would have preferred it if they would have kept it within the continuity. Because they, uh, they hired uh, Moco and they hired a uh, the girl for for like the flashback scene in Desperado. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, why couldn't you have hired um, the same actor? That would have been probably his big break, you yeah. know, here in America, but... He was actually in the film. He was. Yeah. You know, in, in the big climax, when he, he brings all his buddies back in, and they all have their their own uh, suit uh, cases uh-huh. that look like guitar cases, but they're actually weapons. One of them well, was actually the original mariachi in El Mariachi. Why didn't they freaking do it? That makes no freaking sense. It was, but, it was but a cameo. Anyway, I, I digress. Uh, going back to uh, El Mariachi here, um, I really love the low-budgetness of this Isn't film. Isn't it great? Uh, it, I love it. It, it, it is a true testament on what you can do with, uh, with, uh, with a Just penny and dime budget. And, and a vision. Um, also, uh, also, it's... Uh, I, I definitely see a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that he's learned with this movie that he uses in like modern movies. Um, I I really like like he has this certain kind of color grading that he has in all his movies, minus uh, uh, minus uh, what's it called Sin City as a oh, compl- yeah. as a completely different color grading. But other than that, all of his uh, movies are you know are filmed with the same color grading and all that stuff. Um, uh, I thought a lot of the actors uh, did good, especially the lead uh, who played El Mariachi. Um, he he was pretty cool. I you you felt for him when you know when uh, shit starts hitting the fan, and uh, it's not his fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. <laughs> he just it's kind just, of it's stumbles just, into this. But then but then you think that you know he was gonna be let go and all that stuff because but then it turns out that uh, the girl that he's pining over was El Moco's uh, uh, girl. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, oh shit, here we go, here we go. And he's like, you you know you let him touch you, you know after all I've done for you and. All that stuff, and I was looking at doing a little re- research on the movie, and uh, it turns out that that actor didn't speak speak a lick of uh, of uh, of Spanish. Oh, and, really? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know what? That's pretty good. I would have yeah. I would have thought that you know you did good, but you know the 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 lead actress did a good job. Consuela something. I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna butcher any any names. Because uh, this is a this is a gringo <laughs> reviewing this half gringo, um, more gringo than, than <laughs> anything, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just thought that this is a really good. This is indie film done well, you know, and that that's what I could, you know, I I definitely see some passion made with this movie because you you know you could tell that this the um 
Robert Rodriguez wanted to make this movie for a long time and had this story, you know, brewing. I could definitely tell that with watching that. And, uh, and it's, it's a miracle that he, that he, that he made it, you know, and especially for the lengths that he had to do to make the movie. Um, I thought this was, uh, I thought this was pretty, uh, pretty good, uh, Robert Rodriguez movies. Of course, a lot of ro other Rod Robert Rodriguez movies I like, uh, I, I love the Spy Kids, the first two Spy Kids movies. I like um, the first one. Hey, what rubs you the wrong way about the they, second one? They progressively get dumber and dumber. I, I kind of like... the first one has that perfect mix of, of like the, the, the weirdness and the, it has that charm. It has that yeah. perfect mix to make it charming. And yeah. I think it goes too far in the second, then it goes even farther in the third, and then the fourth is just... It's just gone. It's in the stratosphere. You, you have uh, you have the T one. You have the T one thousand as the as the main villain in Spy Kids, and you have Terry Hatcher and all this. And then you have uh, Antonio Banderas in there, his Lucky Charm, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we machete, machete, the elastic wonder. I like. I like. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I saw. I was a. I didn't see any familiar faces in uh, in uh, El Mariachi that he regularly no, uses. No, it was it was, no no no. I, those were all like either non actors or just like really, like low low budget actors that he could he could pay with whatever he had. I, I um, they I, all did really well though. I so. like how the villain uh, Moko uh, gets the gets the match. And strikes it against his uh, his uh, his uh, right hand man, and I and uh, that's how he lights his uh, cigarettes and stuff like that. It's just like it's stylistically pleasing for for cheaper than dirt uh, budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it to me this proves and shows like uh, you don't need all this glitzy shit Money to make a shit. to make a good mo movie you know all you need is a is a vision um the talent to to do it and uh just the right people who uh, who want to help you succeed with this uh vision and that's pretty much what you got with this um which do you think was better mariachi or desperado I have not finished Desperado. Oh, okay. I was I was halfway done done with it, and then I was starting to get get, get dizzy, yeah. uh, doozy, and so I was like, yeah, I'll finish it later. Um, but for what I saw, I was like, this is a starkly different film than what uh, what El Mariachi was. El Mariachi, I was like, okay, what. Where's uh where does it connect to? Because I know that this is a trilogy. How does it connect to uh, the other ones? Where the hell is Salma Hayek in El Mariachi? Just stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then I saw Desperado, and it's a very very different uh, uh, in terms of like film, like how he filmed it. It's different. Uh, it, it's mostly in English. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you have uh, you have. The freaking snakiest of snakes, uh, Steve Buscemi in there, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, there, there's where you are. Have, did you get to the point where uh, Quentin Tarantino's in there? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm like, Quentin, it's Quentin, and I'm like, oh, you guys are buddies. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's delightful. And then he had him direct like a, a scene or two in uh, Sin City. He's like, mm -hmm. you know what? Come on. Come on, let's you know go behind the camera, direct a few scenes. It's like okay, let me do my thing, and then yeah, you you definitely see uh, his friend. He's kind of like uh, he's kind of like uh, the indie film equivalent of uh, of uh, Scorsese, you know, because Scorsese always hires like the same people, like uh, Pesci. Well, I feel like a lot of directors do that. Um, like his favorites. A, a lot of directors just have their favorites, their go-to people, because it becomes so much easier Kevin to get a film done. Kevin Smith, he usually hires, you know, all the regular people. Well, Christopher Nolan, Spielberg, I, you could you could basically name every director. Uh, mostly with Spielberg, the dynamic that you have is John Williams. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I think these last few years he's been really. Tom Hanks, Debbie. Yeah. Um, especially with the with the new one that he's doing with uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah. About the about something Cold War related, which we know 
Alexis Soto is gonna be gushing over he's it. Gonna and, get five stars, and, and he's gonna and he's gonna be rooting for it at the Oscars. And then lo and behold, Oscar season comes, and, and it's gonna go to Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Do you want to know how to crush his soul? Academy Awards just say the best picture is Wonder, Wonder Woman. Crush his soul right there. I, I think he'll just he'll kill someone. Maybe <laughs> I think that go. might happen. That'll be his breaking point. <laughs> um, are there any negatives? I know it's kind of difficult to find a negative because it, 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 it's it's very low budget. I was. But I think you should. I was judge it on the same terms. on how short the film was. Well, yeah, because it was like an hour and ten minutes. Um. Well, you forget. I think um, films before the two thousands mm-hmm. used to be much shorter. A, a regular film like was an hour and a half. That that was average time. I think average film time has kicked up to like two hours. Oh, no, because you had some movies like James Bond. All of them ran for two hours and, and stuff like that. I mean, saying average. Those are British films. British time is different than American time. <laughs> True. They go to like, uh, what time is it? It's 13 o'clock, you know, and... They can't count. And uh, all that stuff. Because we, we, uh, we go by a more Gregorian uh, Aztec Aztec. Oh, oh my gosh. I just realized. What? There is something that connects these two movies. Oh, What? <laughs> Which country is, is is responsible for taking our jobs? Oh my god. Mexico or England? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I thought that was funny. <laughs> well, we're building a wall around, supposedly building a wall around one of those countries. I, I think I heard it was England. Oh my god. It's gonna float. It's, it's gonna, gonna have buoys. It's just gonna. a wall that floats. We'll swim under it. They're gonna swim under it. <laughs> They're gonna get their submarines. We know it. Get your U boats. Get your U boats, mate. Gotta go to the colonies. Fish and chips upon the submarine. <laughs> Oh, this to the table is going south so fast. Wait, oh my god. South of the border. <laughs> south no, 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 of the no, wall. No, no, no. No, um, no this, is, this is one of my... There there was a few camera things that I was like, okay, somebody else is playing it, but then it cut to... Yeah. But it actually cut to the guy actually playing, and I'm I, like, wait a minute, is he actually playing, or did in the close-up shots, did they hire a different person to play the, play the things? So I was like... Okay, what what is all that stuff? And that, I guess that's filmmaking trickery. I guess you should really watch um, the uh, the the making of this film. Uh, it's, so, it's so it's so fun. It's so much fun because like you know how they they get the um, the what's it called the um, guitar cases mixed up. Mm-hmm. They only had one black guitar case, and I think they had another. They had two cases. But the the other case was like um, brown, like mm-hmm. light brown on the outside. So there would sh- whenever they would show interior shots, it would be of the case. It would be of the light brown one. Mm-hmm. But then they it would cut to them closing it, and then it would go back, and it would be the black case. And you can even see like those they'll they'll stop the video and they'd show like um, they'd show corners and like you could see the little the brown. brown on the outside and stuff. Um, I when uh, what's it called? When El Mariachi, like, uh, he, like, slides down onto that bus. Yeah, with, like, the chain thing. Uh-huh. You could see, I think it was Robert Rodriguez, because you know how the buses have those um, mirrors? Mirrors, yeah. You could see him with the camera right there, because they have an interior shot of him, like, boom. Like, oh, yeah. That. And they even show, like, them testing it out in the backyard, because I guess it was one of those, like, where you hang on. and the, Oh, the zip, zip glide Zip things. glide little things. And I, they, they showed them testing it with the actor in his backyard. 
So it's, I don't, I just love these kind of films. And what's, what's so great is that it's a good film, like regardless of, you know, the, the fact that you take, that you take into that, it was very low budget done with, um, very little money with an up and first time director. Even you take all of that into uh, account, it's still a really good film. Mm-hmm. So, again, that just goes to the point that we we're making. A, a good film comes from everywhere, man. You don't. It, it's it's not about the money. It, it's it all relies within what you can do with art. You know, it, it movies and art like, form. It's like it really a, is movies I, and art form. I think it was Picasso or somebody like that. And he had like this quote. It's like not about. It's not about. You know, it doesn't matter how many fancy brushes you have about mm-hmm. you know painting it's all about what you could do with one brush and a canvas you know yeah. and that's pretty much what he did he had a camera he had he had a blank canvas and he went out <laughs> he had <it>. plasma <laughs> he had plasma <laughs> <laughs> and he went for it and it was it's great and, and, and i think desperado just really shows like yeah it also shows when you give a really talented director money like what they can, do. It can also carry it a little bit farther. Not like, gonna I li- lie, I I love the opening credits of a uh, Desperado. Yes, yeah, because uh, awesome. it was because uh, it was just uh, Antonio Banderas, you know, on the guitar, and he was like, um, and that kind of sucks that he can't use his uh, use his hands to play guitar because I think that that that. I, I, I'm, I'm his part, curse. I, I, He's that tragic hero. I'm I'm partial to that because you know. Yeah, you I, love I, the guitars. I, I love the guitars. I love playing and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, that sucks. I can't imagine me, you know, something bad happening to my hand and and that shit happening. You know, I'd be lost. I'd be like, I, I guess I could pick up drums or something like the flute. I, <laughs> uh, the flute. <laughs> But, but, like, just little things. Like, there was a shot, and I guess this is El Mariachi, it's Desperado, when they're they're talking about... Because in each film, he becomes more and more of a legend. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's Steve Buscemi talking about him, how he, like, shot up this one place. And it's like, uh, the light almost touched his face. But then, as if it were afraid, it didn't. Like, and you could visually see, like, the light with them, and then, boom, it goes back dark as he was, like, walking forward. Yeah. So, I don't know, it was... Of course, Very you had to have done. Chicho Marin in uh, Desperado. Uh, it's He's great. in uh, Once Upon a Time. You've seen Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Too, right? the, one of the reasons is because I was brushing up on my uh, Johnny Depp filmography. Of course. Of course. And, and so I watched it. And I was blissfully surprised. I was like, this is a pretty cool movie. You know, and then I and then you said, oh, have you seen uh, Desperado? And have you seen uh, have you seen uh, El Mariachi? I'm like, no. And then you're like, you seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico, right? And I'm like, yeah. What, what's the thing? And then he's like, that's a trilogy. I'm like, what? That's insane. <laughs> that's it. That's fucking insane. And so then I was like, okay, I gotta go back. And I I went way back and I watched it in full HD Blu-ray quality. I would I would like to see this uh, Mario El Mariachi again, but on VHS quality. Damn, VH- There's probably VHSs out there. Um, Some of those original uh, releases. Yeah. That would be cool. I because wa- I, uh, I could tell that you know that it looked beautiful in VHS quality too because of like there's a lot of graininess about it. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I want to see it in that. I want to see it in the analog kind of uh, audio uh, quality. And so yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I've ran. I've ran out of thought. The engine has stopped. <laughs> I will say. Um. Uh, like you said, you 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 really like the character and um, his sort of transformation into this tragic hero. I think is really well done. Um, so, so the villains are very villainy over over the top. Yeah, um, but but I bought into the whole romance between him and uh, what's her name? Oh, I forgot her name. Domino. 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 That's her name. Oh, Sama Hayek. No, 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 no. Domino. 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 That's her name. And um, I, I think really the, the heart of the film is just watching this this guy, just a regular guy, trying to make it as El Mariachi and just seeing his world be turned upside down by just walking into the wrong town. <laughs> and it, you see, um, and I think you especially see it in Desperado and um, what's it called? Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is that they're almost basically these sort of westerns. Mm-hmm. And 
Literally, he walked. Literally, they what the Domino, uh, the bar she owns is mm-hmm. is in a saloon, in an old western saloon, and it, it's it, it's it's meant to mirror like those 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 um, sort of cowboy heroes that just come in and, and save the day, and then sort of drive off into the sunset. And that's what that's what literally yeah. he did at the end. He went onto his motor, uh, went onto a motorcycle. And uh, with a dog on the back, and then he drove off to the sunset. And, and I can't remember if this is true, but I think I, I think I remember correctly that he Robert Rodriguez had said that um, once upon a time in Mexico, that it was sort of mirrored after um, the the good, the bad, and the ugly, because you know how like that one it was um, a fistful of dollars, and then a few more dollars, and then the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the good, the bad, and the ugly became sort of like the story about. It was no longer um, Clint Eastwood is no longer really the main character. Mm-hmm. It it was more of an ensemble with like these these other characters as well, especially the other two. Yeah, yeah, like these three other characters, and you see that happen in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Um, El Mariachi he becomes part of this huge ensemble sort of. And the, that trilogy, the Man with No Name trilogy, is you can really see its influences. Is on uh, Robert Rodriguez's um, work his, here. His Mexico trilogy. What, so he called. That's it. what it's called, the Mexico trilogy. Yeah, that's that's what he called it. Yeah. I like I like the production com- company that he has, Los Hu- uh, Los Hooligans. Los Hooligans. <laughs> Los Hooligans Productions, and I'm like that that that's that's cheeky. I like it. He's um, a cheeky guy. Let's talk Spy Kids. Let's talk. No, we're not. We're not talking Spy Kids. <laughs> My God, I'm not your uncle. I like Chich Marin is amazing. I like the second one because Mike Judge is the villain, and I love Mike Judge. Mike you know, Judge is the villain. Yeah, Mike. You know who Mike Judge is, right? Yeah, the creator of a of a King He's of the, the Hill. Villain? He's the villain in Spy Kids too. Yeah. That's Mike Judge. Oh. That's Mike Judge, the guy with the mustache that, and the bald. Him? him, yeah, that's oh, Mike Judge. No way. You could even hear a little bit of uh, of uh, Hank Hill, a little bit like the deep, candy, you know, condescence, you know, in his voice. Oh, I gotta, I gotta look. Th- I gotta see that again. What? What's Mike? Spike Kids Two is blissfully freaking wacky. I love it. I still think one is that perfect balance. Yeah, it's per- it's a perfect balance, but with two, you freaking have like it's completely zany. And I what love about three D? Game over. Uh, top seventeen movies that are that are better than Bond. <laughs> Sparkins too. <laughs> you know what? I, I have no idea why it wasn't included. Um. Spy, th- those were those are good. I, I love this. Salma Hayek, she was in a uh, Spy Kids three, you know. So there, oh, yeah, there you yeah. see a lot. And then da- Danny Trejo is. Uh, she was in two too, wasn't she? No. Yeah, she, she was mentioned in two. Oh, that character she was, was mentioned. She was the wife like, too. Because he's like, wait until mom hears about it, yeah. and then their mom is Salma Hayek, which I, I don't get how Mike Judge and Salma Hayek and then their kids look like complete gringos. You mean uh, like you? <laughs> well well then your final thoughts sir this movie is indie film done right especially especially you know released with uh, Columbia Pictures and shit like that you definitely you definitely see this indie quality about it but then it's not about the it's not about all the fancy tech shit and all that stuff um, much like the main lesson in uh, Spy Kids 3 game over the main lesson is that a spy is uh, a spy. You know, it doesn't matter about all the gadgets that you have. It's about uh, it's about what you have. You know, in intellect intellectually, and so that's what you got with uh, with uh, El Mariachi. And I, I, it was a blissful ride seeing this man's downfall. Uh, and he was kind of thrust into it, and that, and that kind of sucks. But you know, sometimes that's life. You know, you get thrust into the situation. He came. He became a badass hero. He, so. he became a badass hero, but you know, he he can't play guitar again. You know, he, he tried. That's teaching, the sacrifice. He tried teaching the kid how to play guitar, and his hands were like all shaking and shit like that. He was like Doctor Strange, you know. Yeah, it, I, uh, actually, the the stories are pretty similar. Yeah. They marry each other. <laughs> um. So anyway. That was this episode of uh, 
of a to the table. table. Uh, check us out. We have two podcasts coming up for you guys oh, on God. Sunday. Uh, the we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be uh, limiting uh, the schedule for to the table, and we're gonna only be releasing them on Fridays. Um, because uh, one Mr. Alexis Soto um, is very reluctant on seeing a lot of movies. So, yes, Alexis, when you're hearing this... Uh, He's not going to hear this. I'm going to throw... I'm going to... I'm throwing you under the bus. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, this is To The Table. Check out uh, our regular podcasts on Sundays and uh, To The Tables on Fridays. I'm Kyle Lira. This is Peter Martinez. Uh, do you have a movie for me to watch uh, next time? I do. What movie do you want me to watch next time? Um, and you you really influenced me in picking this film. Oh, okay. God. Uh, okay. You decided to, to share your very British uh, comedy film with me. Uh-huh. I'm going to share my very American comedy film with you. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. That is your film. The Paul Rudd classic. Yes. Okay. Wet Hot I, I, I think it's still on Netflix, yeah. Okay. Wait, isn't that like the reboot, though? Like the... No, 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 no. There's, they, they did a show. Uh-huh. And then they even released uh, a, a new, I guess, season, but it's actually a whole new show. Mm. Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later. The, the show was actually a prequel. The, the first Netflix show was a prequel to the movie. This one is 10 years from the movie. But just look, just watch the movie. I'm not just, don't don't look at the show, just the movie. I do like the show, but this this is about the movie, and I'm pretty sure the movie's still on there. So yeah, I don't know what movie I'm gonna have you watch because you you've seen know. you've seen so many fucking movies. I'm like, he's probably seen that though. Well, just ask me, and I'll I'll let you know. I'll have you watch a James Bond movie. There. No. <laughs> You have 20 more movies to go. I'm, no. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to watch them all tonight so you can't make me watch them. Go watch it all tonight then. <laughs> Good luck. No. It's a weekend venture. <laughs> no. I start from, Start from Dr. No and then you end on Die Another Day, which uh, I... I, I I'm gonna send you uh, holy water and a rosary with you when you go watch uh, um, Die Another Day and uh, View to a Kill. Just uh, all that stuff. So anyway, um, this is to the table. Uh, Hollywood, and it is Hollywood. <laughs>